0: Our text today is found in John 20. We read already the first ten verses. going to pick up at verse 11. John chapter 20, picking up at verse 11. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. And I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and saw him. and In Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we rejoice today in the message of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. That is why we are here today. That is what our hope is built upon today, that solid rock of salvation provided for us in Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would take now the words that you have given to us by the inspiration of your Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would apply them to our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Tim Gustafson, writing in Our Daily Bread, says, For years I had retold a story from my time in Ghana when my brother and I were just little toddlers. As I recall it, he said, he had parked our old iron bicycle on a small Cobra. The tire was too heavy for the snake, which remained trapped under the front wheel. Can you imagine what that must have been like? But after my aunt and my mother had passed away, he said, we discovered a long-lost letter from my mother, from my mom, recounting the incident. In reality, he says, I was the one who had parked the tricycle on the snake, And my brother had actually been the one who ran and told mom. And he said this. He said, her eyewitness account, written close to the actual event, revealed the reality. Her eyewitness account. As you read through the Gospels, you will find that there were many eyewitness accounts to Jesus Resurrection. And I find it interesting that John in his gospel account here mentions that over and over again for emphasis to tell us this is no hearsay. These people were there. They saw it with their own eyes. They were eyewitnesses of the empty tomb and of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Verse 1. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and it was dark. She saw the stone already taken away. Verse 5, John stooping in and looking, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Verse 6, so Simon Peter also came following him and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings there. And over and over, I think it's eight times in this passage, you see this emphasis on eyewitnesses. They were there. They saw it. It actually happened. We've got people's testimony to that fact. Now we don't catch this in most of our English translations. But there are a number of different Greek words used in this passage for saw or looked. And what's interesting about that is that the way that people saw things or looked at things had a significant impact in how they viewed that event. These words range from a passing glance to a careful examination of the empty tomb. Depending on how they looked, there was a great difference in how they responded to those events that day. So there's three lessons I want you to notice from this passage. First of all, a passing glance at the empty tomb led to a wrong conclusion. Passing glance led to a wrong conclusion. So as Mary Magdalene and her friends were on their way to Jesus' tomb, they were wondering, what about this stone? In fact, in Mark's account, they were saying, who is going to roll the stone away? <laughs> it was heavy. I and mean, there's no way that these women could roll that stone away. But When they got there, we're told that it was gone. Verse 1 says that they saw the stone was already taken away from the tomb. Now, the word saw here, it's the Greek word blepo, B-L-E-P-O. And it means to look at something and emphasizes a physical act of a single look, kind of like a passing glance. Okay, So if you think a little bit later the sermon is getting too long, you might just give a passing glance to your watch, right? When is this going to get over? We don't want none of this now. You know, tapping, wonder if it's working. That's the the way that Mary saw that. It was was just kind of a, a passing glance. She did not pause to take a closer look. And she made a hasty conclusion of what happened. And it was the wrong one, wasn't it? It was the wrong one, verse two, verse two. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they laid him. What was she assuming? She was assuming that someone had come, rolled back that stone, taken the body of Jesus, put it somewhere, and she says, we don't know where he is. A passing glance led to the wrong conclusion. And Mary's response reminds me of the many who don't take time to really consider closely the resurrection. They don't really consider the evidence and they come up with wrong conclusions. There are some who say that Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. The disciples were just hallucinating. They were hoping that this would happen. And in their hallucination, they they said, yeah, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. They had visions of Jesus, but they never really saw him. That's a silly thing to say, right? You have all these eyewitness events in in, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He said Jesus appeared to 500 of them at one time. And he says most of them are still alive, so you can go check it out. Uh, What a foolish thing to say that Jesus didn't really rise. They were just hallucinating. There are others who say that Jesus didn't really die. He just fainted. And he woke up in the tomb. And he got out. That's a silly one. Roman soldiers were there, right? They would make sure that all of those people that were hanging on that cross died. They were not fooled as if Jesus had somehow just fainted. And how about this one? The women went to the wrong tomb. They just didn't get the tomb right. And so they went to the wrong tomb and it was empty. And now they're wondering where, where is the body of Jesus? All of these theories come from those who haven't looked carefully at The evidence. And I am convinced that if you honestly examine the evidence, you will come to the conclusion that Jesus has risen from the dead. And not only will you come to that conclusion, you will then have come to a crossroad where you need to make a decision. Are you going to follow this one who has risen from the dead? Or are you going to just go your own way, do your own thing, pretend it didn't happen? You will come to a crossroad And you'll have to decide. Okay, here's the evidence. It's clear that Jesus rose again. What does this mean now? How am I going to respond to the truth of of Jesus' resurrection? Josh McDowell, I heard him speak many years ago at the University of Minnesota. And he was talking about the the resurrection. And he told the story of, of speaking at this college campus about the resurrection. And there was a student that came up to him afterwards. And and just kind of poo pooed the idea that Jesus rose again. So he asked him a question. He said, if I were able to convince you beyond all reasonable doubt that Jesus rose from the dead, would you follow him? He said, no. He said, then the problem is not intellectual. The problem is moral. You do not want to follow Jesus because you don't want to give up your sinful life, do you? He said, you're right. You're right. Perhaps this is why many people take only a, a passing glance at the empty tomb. They don't want to consider the implications of a risen Savior because they don't want to turn from their sin. Just a passing glance. might even come to church on an Easter Sunday. Not really taking seriously what it means that Jesus rose again, but we showed up, kind of took a passing glance, but walked out the door. Same way they came, not knowing Jesus as their Savior. Notice secondly, a casual look at the empty tomb led to a limited comprehension. Now this is a little bit deeper look, but not not quite enough. So when Peter and John heard that what Mary had said about the empty tomb, they took off and they went to see what happened. Verse 3, so Peter and the other disciple, John identifies himself as the other disciple. So Peter and John went forth and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb at first. I had a, a comment about that this morning, that John was faster than Peter. Okay? Peter might have been old, right? Maybe he had a sprained ankle or something. I mean, Peter is always faster than John. But so anyhow, so John meets beats him there. And verse five says, "And stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Mary didn't pause to take a harder look at all. So John stoops down and." and takes, takes a look, but he didn't go in, and his casual look resulted in a limited understanding. And this kind of reminds me of the typical person who comes to church on Christmas, or Easter, takes a casual look at Jesus, but it's Christmas he looks at the manger and says, oh, how nice, what a... Lovely thing. Who doesn't want to look at a little baby? Isn't that, that is so sweet. As long as this baby stays in the manger, as long as this baby doesn't grow up and demand obedience of me, then it's fine, right? And Then when it's Easter, the typical person looks at the empty tomb and says, oh, that's interesting. But he never really examines the evidence closely. He never really asks the question, so what does this mean then? What does this mean? If Jesus died and rose again, what are the implications of that? What does that mean? How does that apply to me? What is God saying to me that Jesus died and rose again? And as a result, you have all kinds of people who call themselves Christians, but they've never seriously considered the profound significance Of the resurrection. Are you one of those? You've never really considered the profound significance that Jesus died and rose again and how that applies to your life? In other words, have you embraced that message by receiving Jesus as your Savior so you know the risen one? You are walking with him day by day? If not, it's just tradition heading to church on Easter Sunday. Dr. David Siemens tells about a Muslim in Africa who became a Christian. And when his friends asked him why he became a Christian, here's what he said. He said, suppose you were walking down the road and you came to a crossroad. And you didn't know where to go. didn't know which way to go. And at that crossroad, there were two men. One who was dead and one who was alive. Which one would you follow? He said, that's why I'm a Christian. Coming to that place where, okay, who am I going to follow? Am I going to follow one of the religious leaders of the world who has died and remained dead and in there you can find their body in a tomb or are you going to follow the one who is living? Let me ask you, which one are you going to follow? Which one are you going to follow? Because no matter who we are, we need direction in life. You need to know where you are headed, where you will end up when you come to the end of the road. And if you're wise, you will follow the one who's conquered death. You will follow Jesus. You will put your trust in Him because let's face it, when you come to the end of the road in life, Where is your hope found? It's not going to be found in your own good works. It's not going to be found that you go to church. It's not going to be found that you try to live by the golden rule. You pay your taxes and all those things. Try to be a good parent. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus is your hope. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him are you following the one who has conquered death? Have you carefully pondered what it means that Jesus died and rose again? So then the third lesson we learn is a careful examination of the empty tomb led to a firm conviction. Although John was the one who arrived at the tomb first, Peter was the one who went in. Okay, those of you who are teasing me about John being faster than me, Peter was the one who entered the tomb first. Verse 6 says, So Simon also came following and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. And so as John describes what Peter saw, he uses a significant word here. It describes more than a passing glance or a casual look. It is the Greek word that emphasizes a careful observation of details. Joseph Thayer, a Greek scholar, says this word is used primarily not of an indifferent spectator, but of one who looks at a thing with interest and for a purpose. It would be used of a military general officially reviewing or inspecting an army. It emphasizes the careful observation of details. So he was there seeing these things and saying, okay, what, what does this mean? Here's these linen wrappings and here's this face cloth. Something has happened here. What does this really mean? Now, Peter had been told by Mary Magdalene that the body of Jesus had been stolen. Someone took it. And Peter said, you know what? The evidence doesn't really support that. Because if someone took the body of Jesus, grave robbers came in and took the body of Jesus, would they be taking the face cloth out? Would they be taking all the the linen wrap? wrap They would have been grabbing that body and boom, they'd be gone. Peter says, no, I, I don't think that happened, Mary that that just that just couldn't be and Luke tells us that that Peter left the tomb marveling at what had happened something pretty significant has happened here and then when John comes into the tomb after Peter he also sees what Peter saw And notice how he is convinced that Jesus is alive. Verse 8, So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb then also entered, and he saw and believed. He saw and believed. And John uses yet another word for, for saw in this verse. It's a word that means to discern clearly or to see with understanding. To discern discern clearly or to see with understanding. So John not only examined the evidence, he understood what it meant. And it's interesting because this is in spite of the fact, if you look at verse 9, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. He saw the evidence. He said, this is so clear. Even though he didn't understand the prophecies of the scriptures, the evidence was so clear that He saw and believed. Clearly, he did. As one author says, His sight resulted in clear insight. Some people see things, but they have no insight. They don't know what it means. He saw it, and he understood what that evidence said. Jesus is alive. He has conquered death. Now, the story doesn't end here for Mary Magdalene because she comes back to the tomb after she had made that announcement, you know, that somebody took Jesus' body. We don't know where they laid Him. So she comes back and she's still sorrowing, brokenhearted. But instead of looking at the tomb with just a passing glance like she had done, she now looks into the tomb. And when she looks into the tomb... She sees and hears some things that forever change her life. Good verse 11. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head of the feet, and one at the feet of Jesus, where his body had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? And she said, well, they've taken my Lord, and I I don't know where they've laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And she didn't know that it was Jesus at that point. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking, supposing him to be the gardener? She said, sir, if you're the one that's carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll I'll take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Mary. I wonder how many times she had heard Jesus say her name, Mary. She turned and saw him and said in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I've seen the Lord that he had said these things to her. So when Mary saw Jesus in verse 14, she didn't yet recognize him. And some someone wondered, well, why, why didn't she recognize him? I would suggest a couple things. For one thing, she was weeping. And the word weeping is not just, you know, a tear running down her cheek. She was emotionally distraught. And when you've got tears in your eyes, you don't see things as clearly, right? You've got to wipe those tears away to be able to see. So it could be that. Besides that, She didn't expect to see Jesus, did she? She did not expect that. They were not expecting the resurrection. So why would it be Jesus there? He's dead, right? We've come to anoint his body. She didn't recognize that it was Jesus at that point. But after she saw him face to face, she described to the disciples that she had seen the Lord. What word do you think She uses there. Not a passing glance. It's the word that means to discern clearly, to see with understanding. Just like John. He had seen the evidence that way. He discerned clearly. He saw it with understanding. And we could say the same thing about her, that her sight resulted in insight. He's alive. I have seen him. I have spoken to Him. He spoke to me. I grabbed a hold of Him. (laughs) That's an eyewitness account, isn't it? An eyewitness account of Jesus' resurrection. I think it's significant that Mary Magdalene was the first one, the first one to whom Jesus appeared after His resurrection. She wasn't one of the apostles. She didn't have a major role in the ongoing ministry of the church. And she was the one from whom Jesus had cast out some demons. She didn't have the the, the most wonderful past. And yet, she was the one to whom Jesus appeared first. Jesus wanted Mary Magdalene to know that He loved her. That He had died for her. That He had cleansed her of her sin. And when she saw that Jesus was alive... She basically said, Jesus, I am not going to let you go. Clinging on to him, I found you. You are alive. I will not let you go. There was nothing more important to Mary than the presence of Jesus. Can you say the same today? Nothing more important to you than than Jesus. I think of uh, S.D. Gordon. tells a story of of an old Christian woman whose memory was starting to fade. And she had once known many Bible verses. And the one verse that kind of remained in her mind was 2 Timothy 1.12. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. Well, as time went on, she lost more and more words of that verse. And then finally on her deathbed, she was lying there and her lips were moving and family couldn't really hear what they are saying and they bent down closer to her face. She was saying, him, him, him. (laughs) She lost all the words of that verse, but the thing she remembered, the person she (laughs) remembered was Jesus. Him, him, him. This is how you will know if you've embraced the message of the resurrection, there will be nothing that is more important to you than Jesus. Can you say that? There is nothing in this world that is more important to me than Jesus. Knowing Him. Walking with Him. Fellowship with Him. Worshipping Him. Serving Him. (laughs) That's how you know if you've embraced the good news of salvation that Jesus is more important to you than anything else. must have been an encouragement that Jesus... Met her first, and gave her that message. I've got a word that you need to you need to share with my disciples. You go, and, you go and tell them. Tell them you you've seen me. Tell them that I want to meet with them as well. And she went, verse eighteen, announcing to the disciples, "Guys, I don't know how you said it, but I got I've got an announcement to make." I've got something you need to hear. (laughs) I've seen the Lord. He wants to meet with you in Galilee. Have you seen the Lord? Do you know Him as your Savior? And if you do, do you think you could do what Mary did? Could you tell someone that you've met Jesus and He wants to meet with them too? (laughs) That's what it means to be a witness, right? I've met Jesus. He has changed my life. He has saved me from my sin. He wants to meet you too. That, that's, that ought to be the response to this Easter message, right? Embracing Jesus Christ as our Savior and then leaving this place and saying, Lord, is there someone today that I can say what Mary Magdalene said? I've seen the Lord. I've met Jesus. He wants to meet. With you too. May that be your response. What a joy to be able to share this message, isn't it? A joy to share that Jesus Christ has conquered death. And he gives us a living hope as we put our trust in him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this glorious passage of Scripture. Help us to see not with just a passing glance, but to see you with insight, to really embrace what what does this mean that Jesus is alive? May it change our lives today as we put our trust in Him and He transforms us. Calls us to be missionaries proclaiming the good news of the resurrection. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen.